Hey everybody, and welcome to episode five of Burner Podcast Presents Build to Burn. I'm your host, Scott, and this time around, I'm going to focus on a specific element of the uh, process of building to burn. This is episode's going to be about the honorarium application. It's uh, the end of January, so honorarium applications have just gone in, and I think this is a part of the process that's typically invisible to people. It's really important, but I don't think anyone really thinks about this part of it. Or, if you have thought about this, then maybe this will give you some insight into what the process entails and what you would be looking forward to if you decide to put in your own honorarium application. A little technical note about the episode. Our artist is in New York. Your host is in Los Angeles. So this is a phone call as opposed to an in-person interview. So the audio quality is a little bit different than it typically is. I hope you enjoy it, and thanks for tuning in. The Build to Burn podcast is in no way affiliated with any organization that indulges in burning things nor is the podcast affiliated with any organization that refers to burning in its name. Burnet Podcast presents. This is a podcast about people who have chosen the path of designing, building, and burning large-scale artwork. The people on this podcast are very aware of the dangerous aspects of their work and take every precaution to protect those who interact with it, unless otherwise noted... They are by no means professionals. Don't believe anything they say, and don't try this at home. That being said, let's meet some people who build to burn. Hey everybody, thanks for coming today. I'm with... Lana and her project Unisphinx, and it's the end of January, so that means that people who are uh, aware of the Burning Man honorarium process know that uh, applications were just due, so that means I think uh, you just turned your application in, is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's sent. Awesome, (laughs) congratulations, that's a, um, this is your first time this is your first time um, building any art on the of your own on the playa at all, and you're doing an honorarium uh, application to go with it. Is that right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes and no. Um, I was part of a, a project um, for my camp where we built a 20 foot tall um, watchtower, um, and that was that was really awesome because I got to like understand um, kind of the the, the the physical logistics of like getting that on playa and uh, and it wasn't my art piece and it kind of like fell on onto my arms uh, last minute um, because the artist didn't know how to bring it to playa so I had to kind of finish the art piece for him and then bring it for him as well so that was that was a big challenge but apart from that no I have not brought my own art on playa and once you uh, experience it well it's funny because you know saying that that um it fell on you and you ended up doing it. Um, it's kind of one of these interesting things that once you've gone through the process of having to make it happen, you start to think to yourself, well, if I'm going to make this happen, I should make it happen for what I want. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and a big part of it was a frustration that like, Oh, now we're forced into this this situation where we have to bring it for you and for the camp. Um, but it kind of made me realize that, now I can do that. I exactly. can do this for, for my own project. And that, that, was, uh, that was actually, in a way, a really, a really cool thing that he did because now I feel like more capable. That's amazing. I love it. Hey, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about the actual um, project that you're submitting. So, um, yeah, tell, just, uh, let's, tell me about the, the name of the project and then tell me where, uh, how you came up with it. And then let's just talk through you know, how to get it to where it's at now. Okay, um, so Unisphinx is going to be a 30-foot-tall um, unicorn sphinx 
So it's inspired by the um, Egyptian Sphinx of um, Giza, Giza. Um, and we are redesigning it um, to make it look more like a unicorn, um, kind of like if it was made out of Lego, so it's very cubic. Um, the idea kind of uh, sprung about three, three years ago, actually four years ago, when we went to Burning Man in 2016 with my partner, and we saw um, the uh, Veil of Catacombs burn, um, which are these giant pyramids. And that was a big tectonic shift that happened inside of me it was my first burn, um, in all the sense of the term. And after that, we kept participating in our camp and organizing our camp. And that took most of our time um, throughout the next three years that followed that. And at the end of this year, um, Eunice things had been kind of a growing idea uh, more and more. And we realized this was kind of a graduation for us um, in the sense that it was time to bring art on Playa. Why does Burning Man exist? It's because originally it was to be able to express ourselves in a big format. And that's kind of what inspired the, uh, the next step to commit to bringing art on Playa. Um, to give back to the community um, as as much as possible, and um, and you had been through this. You'd been through this process with um, uh, having to construct this uh, element for your camp, and so that had to that had to play into um, the real motivation of oh, I can do this. I'm you know. Yeah. So you might have had this idea in the back of your head of, oh, it would be really neat to do this thing, but then actually building a thing and finding out what it takes to build it and seeing the success of building something now makes it more real that, oh, I, I have the ability to do this. Exactly. Yeah, it's very, it's very empowering, and I've been really, really lucky to um, be so welcomed to my camp, Vagabonds and Tagalongs, the first year I went to the burn, I went to Build Week immediately, and um, coming from the film world, I need to feel useful, and that was really beautiful of them to trust me and um, open up their arms and, and be like, okay, you want to be useful? Like, let's, let's, let's do it. Like, show us. And um, that, that relationship grew more and more, and our camp grew more and more. We went from being at G to, um, I think, ABC, yeah, um, moving up in the neighborhood and, and giving back to the community and um, just kind of bringing value back to neighborhoods too. Yes, Deep Playa is amazing. Yes, it's awesome to go out and bike out and see all these beautiful art pieces, but the magic is also in the, in the neighborhoods. And it was really, it is really an honor to be a part of, of creating that magic in the little streets and in discovering little, little bars and little art pieces. Um, just by wandering deep and deeper into into the neighborhoods, and having experienced that now, um, the next challenge is to to venture out into Deep Playa and see what kind of magic we can bring there. Awesome. So then, um, let's talk about uh, the process. So you you at the end of last year, you've got this. Um, you have your concept. You're now inspired that you you want to build it. Um, where, where do you turn? What's your, what's your first step? What, who, who do you, who do you approach? What, you know, what, how, how do you, how do you go from this idea of, I want to build this thing. I have this idea. Um, where, where do you go first? Um, so yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question. Cause like we wanted, I had this idea and, um, I really wanted to make something really big. Um, and my partner and I have been sharing this idea together and it's kind of been growing. And unicorns have always been something that I've, uh, since I was a little kid, always found the most magical and rare um, kind of creature. And um, basically, we had the idea and I told him, listen, I'm just going to start and do this application and these will be my deadlines and like we'll just take it from there. Like. We have no commitment other than we have to hit these deadlines and we'll just like see what happens. And so that's what I started doing. Um, I just took Burning Man's template of the honorary um, as a guideline and a timeline. 
Um, and so once I started talking about it with um, my friends who have brought art to Burning Man, like Adrian Landon and uh, Randy Palumbo, and they got really excited um, and really inspired. And it was really that conversation with Adrian that kind of brought the project to the next level because after talking to him about it a couple of days later, he sent me the first rendering of, of the Unisphinx and like, that was crazy to see because it was real, even though it was like, of course, on paper, I mean, on computer screen, all of a sudden I had something that was like, oh, this is like actually possible. And that was a big boost of confidence and made me realize that I'm going to keep moving forward until, until I, until something tells me that I can't anymore or that I don't really know how to explain this, but I'm not going to stop until, until there's like something that something stops stops you. Yeah. 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 You'll keep going until Um, the world pushes back and says this isn't possible anymore. I think it's really important. Um, that idea of um, having that rendering not only for yourself to see it and imagine it, but then you also have something um, that you can share with other people that um, yeah. that really takes it to a different kind of place. Instead of you just saying, "I want to build a sphinx that looks like a unicorn," and then you know, and then you have to go into detail, yeah. and it's kind of blocky, and uh, and you say all these things when you know you could just email them or just show them this rendering and that just takes it so much further and answers so many questions and it, you know, gives you such a great starting point. So I think that's, that's an amazing uh, milestone in the process is, is is that rendering. Yeah. And it really, um, it really inspired a lot of people a lot more than I, I ever even expected it. And, um, I would go to like Burning Man gatherings and parties of friends and, would just talk about it and I would just be able to pull up my phone and show them a visual and all of a sudden they would beg for my phone number and, and be like, oh my God, like, and now I'm, now I'm getting text messages when like, how's it going? Like, how can I help? Like, I know this person that can help. And mm-hmm. it's kind of just taken a life of its own. And that is already some something that's so humbling and so magical in itself that a part of me is like, oh, I have to do this now. It's, it's already giving me it's already giving me so much. Right. Like I didn't even do it yet. And it's already, I'm already feeling so, so grateful for the energy that, that it's, that it's been creating. Awesome. So you've got a So at that point you've got a rendering, um, you're starting yeah. to show it to people. Um, you've got the, now at this point you're not actually filling out the application. Um, you're looking at the, um, letter of intent. Is that right? Yeah, so then that was that was the first step was a letter of intent, and um, it was great because it really um, allowed me to explore what the Unisphinx was too. Because I didn't really know how, like I didn't really know exactly. I was discovering the process with the honorary, so um, everything was a, a, a process of discovery in all senses of the, of the term. And once I started writing down like what are goal was with it like how do we want to touch people with it um why we're doing this it made me realize more and more as well as like it developed my relationship with the piece as well and so um, well i think i think this is um, just a moment for um for the listeners so um so that people know you um to apply for so when we say the word honorarium an honorarium is um burning man providing um material support for an art project you can anyone can take an art project out to burning man um and just say hey i want a spot to do this and they can go out and you can build it burning man basically supports everybody who wants to bring a piece of art to burning man if you want burning man's support um financially and materially to make your project on the playa then you need an honorarium. So that honorarium would be that material support. Now, to get an honorarium, you have to apply, and they only accept a certain percentage of applications to actually then give support to. But you don't just apply. There's a step before the application, which is the letter of intent. You send in a letter of intent to Burning Man. They 
they even they tell you based on your letter of intent if they think your project is viable enough to even do an application so the, when we talk about the letter of intent it's it's a it's a gateway to the application so it's not even the application but i think what you're talking about is really important which is that the questions they ask in the letter of intent help you understand what your relationship is to the project so that you even know what you're doing because when you first start out especially if you've never done a project like this before you might not even be thinking about some of the deeper implications you know how it relates to the event or you know what some of the hurdles are going to be so what do you think what what were some of the things you discovered during the letter of intent process um writing the letter of intent was like really it made me it made me gave me the opportunity to think big and to just like lash out with the ultimate dream which was creating a uh, unit sphinx that was 70 feet tall and 120 feet long 70 feet tall um, and 120 feet long which is that was the unit sphinx that when you first called me that was that was exactly. the Unisphinx that you called me with was a and the rendering was a seventy seven zero for those at home seventy foot tall hundred foot long Unisphinx made of wood that was going to mm-hmm. burn just so we have context for where we're at in the process right now so right so that's yeah. but you were thinking big which is amazing which is you know where else do you get to do that yeah and exploring that that visual and like pitching it to you. Um, was also a big a big milestone for me because I was like, here is this is this artist that I respect and admire so much um, that is listening to me and was believing in me. So it was very like validating. Um, but let's let's back up. Let's back up and like, let's talk about how I mean because now we've made a jump because I I didn't know you. So there's this there's this important you know there's this important growth that happens with. You know, how, how are you discovering people? So you're talking about, like, I can picture you going to, you know, going to a party or something, and you're talking to your friends, and you pull out your phone, and you show them the rendering. Like, that I understand. But so now, how do you get from that point to talking to, to me? Like, how, how, do you, how do you track me down? How do you track down? Because to me, an important part of any of these projects is building your network of um, people who can support you in the things that you might not have um, experience with, right? So as you go through this, you have to start bringing people onto your team that are going to s- support you. So you, you know, you're you're going from somebody who built a thing in camp, built this awesome thing in camp, and had this great idea. Now, how how are you finding, you know, these other these other people? How like how did you find me, for instance? Um, I was pretty lucky in a sense that I was just sharing the rendering to to my friends, and one of my friends is Barash from Burner Podcast, who we've met by by through the podcast, and then we met on Playa, and then we created a relationship um, where where we would exchange each other's ideas. And I was really excited about having the rendering, and I was really excited about the Unisphinx, and I shared that with him, and also expressed my concerns that I have no idea what I'm doing. Huh. And, he messaged me back saying, I know exactly the person that can help you with that. Yeah. And that's how I got into contact with you. And I had listened to the episode um, that he had done with you. And I'm already, I was already familiar with your work. I was familiar, very familiar with the project that you had brought on Playa. I'm a huge burner geek. <laughs> and uh, and just, just you being interested in, in my project was, Already, I was like, you know what? Even if this doesn't happen, like this is already so great because I get to talk to these people that have such amazing experience, and that I also kind of strive to become. Um, so, it's you were you are the kind of people that you're leading by example, and I'm, that's the kind of footsteps I would I would like to follow. And so, when we had that phone call, and you you validated all my ideas, and to create this giant piece, um, gave me a huge boost of energy and validation and made me want to keep going and also adrian uh, landon who um who brought the pegasus on 2019 uh is a good friend of mine and him being involved like all these all these people that i i admire were giving me 
attention and giving the piece attention and believing in the piece. And that's huge, and I don't take that for granted. So I don't want to waste anyone's time in that sense, too. So it's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove to them that this is worth their while. And, um, and I, I work best under pressure, so... <laughs> well, I think that's a that's a really important part of Burning Man is um, that it's an annual deadline. You know, you said earlier that you know you were going to use the the application process as a deadline, and I think as artists we need you know you have to have that pressure, you know, of a deadline so that you can you know start prioritizing and deciding okay this is going to make it this isn't going to make it you know and you know you're saying your experience from the film business you know. I, I come from the film business as well, and I think that the deadlines that we work under in the film business are a great preparation for Burning Man because it's, you know, it's it's going to happen. Here comes this freight train, and I'm going to be as prepared as I'm going to be and do the best I can, you know, but that deadline's going to gonna come. But what's great about Burning Man is there's a deadline every year. You know when that deadline's going to be there, and if for some reason you know, it doesn't work out any particular year, you know that Burning Man's going to be there the next year and you can take all the things you learned from this year and apply it to that next deadline. So you've got the pressure of the deadline, but you've also got kind of a release valve that there, you know there's going to be another deadline in a year and you can, you know, go through the whole thing again. But I think that's a that's a great thing. Well, I'm, um, I, I was attracted to your project because of the vision and I... Uh, vision is what I always look for in a project. Um, if vi- vision to me is the hardest part, if someone has good vision, then to me the rest of the pieces um, start getting attracted to the gravity of that vision. And so I think you have, you know, I think you have a great vision with this, and then it's just a matter of how does that vision get represented in real real life? How does it become reality? But I think the vision's strong, and I think you know that's that's what attracted me, you know, to our our first phone call was that you had you had good vision and you had faith in your vision, and I think that attracts that you know attracts other people who want to be part of that vision. Yeah, I remember you um, explaining that to me, and um, that was also a big click in my head when you told me that the artist's responsibility is to have a vision and to follow through with that vision and lead people towards that that one vision because people find comfort in that because it's it's a it's a direction yeah. and it's not foggy it's not it's not messy it's it's we're all here and for the same reason we know why we're here and we're, we're all work, working towards that and um and as a, as a cool. producer of film projects that's what i tell my artists do now <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> awesome i love it so i so lecture you, them like that now <laughs> that's amazing so you do um you you did your letter of intent, um, yeah. and your letter of intent included the um, seventy foot tall, hundred foot long um, unisphinx, and you submitted that. And uh, t- what happens after that? What what was your feedback? What was the? They obviously accepted it. Um, you know, spoiler alert: they um, accepted <laughs> her letter of intent. But just for the story, okay, yeah. you know what happens at that point. They um, they let themselves be amused by accepting it because after that became a huge slap in the face. Um, when after the letter of intent, there is a, a second part to the application that's a lot more detailed, a lot more thorough. Um, so yes, it was amazing to get um, accepted to the next round. Once the celebrations were over, it was time to get to work and um, and to create my team. Um, so I managed to find a project manager who has a lot of experience with into Burning Man for 12 years, I think, and, um, and has brought a lot of art on Playa and she, um, was kind of indulging me in, uh, in, in my requests and saying, yes, we'll meet when you come back from France because there was December holidays. And we'll get to work. And I kept sending her messages, trying to figure everything out beforehand. And she was very patient. And once we finally met in New York, was the big, um, yeah, it was a it was a very big turning point for the project. And uh, it was a very emotional moment because I realized that bringing such a big art piece was 
I knew it was going to be challenging. I just didn't realize to what degree it would be challenging. Um, talking to her in parallel with also getting to talk to um, the artist behind the Veil of Catacombs, which was the pyramids in 2016, um, were two really big tipping points for for me and um, and for my build lead and partner. We realized that it was too big. Um, yeah, I have a hard time saying it still. But. <laughs> <laughs> but so then, but instead of saying it was too big, um, talk about you know what those actual criteria were because it's not that it was too big; it's that you know were there um, it was too expensive. It was too like what what yeah. what what were the what were the things you know like you said you're going to keep pushing forward until the world stops you. What were the things that the world pushed back on? you know, against your vision? What were, what were the specifics? Why, why, why was it not, why was it too big? There was like multiple, multiple reasons. Um, so we realized it was half a million dollars, which was really, really expensive. And Shiny, my project manager, sat down with me and said, listen, for first time artist, um, you're not going to get that. It's, it's, it's really unlikely that you're, you're going to get funding for something so big and that they're going to be really excited about you burning something so big. I realized that Burning Man is also trying to reduce its ecological footprint. Um, so that was also a big, a big moment. We also got on the phone with um, Dixie, who is part of FAST um, and works for Burning Man. Uh, maybe, was it Doxy? Also... Doxy? Doxy. 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 Yeah, yeah. We got on the phone with Doxy, and um, that was also a big, a big tipping point, where she was explaining that, you know, it was going to be really, really expensive, and and that she wasn't feeling very confident that this was going to be a project that would get an honorary for something so big and to burn something so big. Um, as the conversation grew, it just felt like it made more sense to reduce the size of it in order to still be able to bring something on playa and to keep the attention of the org and the interest of the org in hopes that they will give us funding. And at the end of the day, our goal and our vision is to bring something on playa, is to bring art on playa, is to bring the unit things on playa, no matter what size. We want people to play in it. We want people to explore it. And if it's not 70 feet tall, it'll be smaller, but the, the soul of it will still be there. And, and um, in parallel with feeling like it was kind of a defeat, it was also a little bit of a liberation. Mm-hmm. Now it just feels a lot more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's and, an education, right? I mean, I think, I think that's, you know, I think that there, there, there were a couple of things in what you were saying that I think are, you know, these, these key understandings of what your what your project looks like one of them is you know now you're starting to think about the budget when you first had that first vision and you had that first rendering budget wasn't really a word that was involved in any of that and budget is a reality you know like it or not you know that's that's a reality for how how we have to proceed with any work we do is what's what's the budget and i think you know coming to terms with that and figuring out okay well just like the engineering is going to be an issue of how are we going to keep it standing up? How are we going to pay for it is just as important. It's, it's another component of it. But what I think what I find really interesting is um, this, this discussion about the size of the burn and this, this to me, it's a tiny little insight into um, the workings of Burning Man that there's, a mentality about how much gets burned for ecological reasons. And yeah. I think that's something that people probably, that some people probably think about, but I think a lot of people don't necessarily consider that that's, a, um, that that's part of their process, that they're, that they're thinking about that and they're thinking about, you know, um, how, how much stuff, gets burned and that they would look at your project for the scale of it and how much of a burn it would be 
and that they that they would say something to the tune of you know this is this is too much burning this takes us past what we're comfortable with you know doing you know considering all the other stuff we're going to burn this is you know this puts us would put us over over the top you know or something like that which is that's a that's a conversation that I, um I don't think many people um, imagine that Burning Man has with people. So I think that's that's kind of an interesting education that you got is that you you proposed something so big that it set off an alarm at Burning Man that, that you didn't even know was there. That you could that you crossed a line exactly, yeah. that you didn't even know that line existed. And I think that's that's exciting that you had a, a vision big enough to you know to set off that alarm. So that's kind of cool. I didn't even think about it that way. That is pretty cool. And it was it was interesting because I, I think I was talking to you about how I felt like my bubble had been burst and that I'm seeing inside the matrix of Burning Man now. And and it was, at the same time, a huge honor. And in parallel with that, felt like, if I can't do it at Burning Man, where can I do it? And <laughs> right. it was kind of frustrating. And at the same time, there I can't deny the fact that, yeah, it's a huge thing to burn while there's forests that are burning right now and are it's not very conscious of the situation of our planet um at the same time burning art on playa is what what affected and changed so many of my friends and my and me and our lives yeah and it's just like this conscious movement that pushes people to be better at their day-to-day life unfortunately or fortunately it means that we kind of have to create this this phoenix effect mm-hmm. um and in our times that that can bother some people and i totally totally understand and i see that now it was something that i had never understood before and i would have never even imagined before to me unisphinx was challenging um crude awakening and it was challenging the catacombs of veils and that was that was where I was getting off of that. It was like I'm going to create something even bigger than Catacombs of Velvet, even bigger than Crude Awakening. We're going to explode it. It's going to burn. It's going to fuck people up, and it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be a woman that did it, and like fuck everyone. <laughs> um, um, for those listening, uh, Crude Awakening is a uh, I think it was 2006, 2007, something like that. Um, yeah. The the oil well that um, that. Uh, that was the the theme that year was the green man. So it's really interesting. That, I know. I, I realized that. Too. Yeah. Like that hit me. Too. So this is it's it's all an interesting. It's a it's an interesting tightrope that Burning Man has to walk here because Burning Man is um, ecologically con- conscious. There is an ecological consciousness that is at the heart of Burning Man, but that it it's in it's in contrast to the to me, the the philosophical release that comes with burning, that burning is, you know, like, like you said, it's, it, it, it affects so many of us. And it's such a powerful, um, it's such a powerful tool for expression. And um, it's, it's, you know, it's core to the event, burning the man, burning the temple. Those are, you know, you, you can't have burning man without those, those components of the event. And that um, in the year that they attempted to foreground their um, environmental consciousness by having a theme of the green man, they also had Crude Awakening, which was this 100-foot-tall oil derrick that was blown up with something like a 1,000 gallons of jet fuel that created a simulated nuke. So it was kind of the most violent thing that could ever be done like by normal human beings and it was done during the green man year but so it's it's interesting that like now you're fitting into that story with you know with finding out oh burning man's trying to figure out ways to rein in their ecological footprint while still providing the catharsis that comes with burning so how to keep the philosophical you know elements of it but do it in a more you know environmentally conscious way and i think i think we've talked about this as well is um that the the constraints end up being these opportunities for greater creativity that 
you know, like if you're if you're doing a if you're working on a production and you find out that like, oh, we can't see out that window because they're tearing down the building next door. And now you have to do this creative camera shot that kind of weaves its way around seeing out that window. Everybody, when they see the movie, they go, wow, that shot was the best shot of the whole movie. And you're like, yeah, well, it was because I had to not see out the window and do all this crazy stuff. But it's like that constraint ends up being, you know, this opportunity for creativity. So it seems to me like some of this pushback that you get from Burning Man and from reality, you know, there's there's opportunity in that. There's opportunity to, you know, how do you find your vision and be creative with it based on these constraints that you're discovering? You know, so I saw it as opportunities for you. Yeah. Yeah, I um I couldn't have said it better myself. Like that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Right. It was it was very it was very like once I saw the numbers, once I I got to talk to Doxy, once I sat down with with Shiny, um, I I looked around me and I was like these these are these are all the people that I would want around me right now, and they're here and they they're here and that that speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And they're still here, even if the project is smaller. Um, it still has an impact. And, and vision. The vision is still there. The, the vision isn't changed. The, the vision is still there. The, the manifestation of the vision is changing, but the vision is still present. Yeah. And it was also a great lesson for my ego, because hmm. a part of me wanted to be this, this like young, first-time artist who brought a giant piece, and like that would be the story, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And... And that kind of pulls away in a way from the honesty of the project. Like, no, right. it's not about that. It's about it's about the unisync. It's not about this artist who never brought Iron Playa and brought this giant piece. Right. Like, that's crazy. Right. That's inspiring. No, that's not what's inspiring. What's inspiring is this playful, yes. interactive unicorn that that is very noble and very and just very inviting. And and I want to create this little cocoon on deep fire people can just huddle in in this hammock net that's going to be in the back can talk in this megaphone and be the unisync's voice and just have Mm -hmm. fun in it and explore explore themselves in it it doesn't really matter who made it right right well and that's that one of the interesting things about burning man art is the not having um like a description plaque next to the artwork so um when someone stumbles on it, they're they're not seeking out the the name of the artist or any explanation or anything. They're just seeking out their own interaction with the piece, and that that's the that's the right. most important part is how does someone who stumbles on this thing how do they interact with it? And it's up to them to decide. And it's not about you know necessarily who built it or you know, how it got here, yeah. or any of those things, all those things disappear. And it just becomes about that present moment of um, experience. And I think that's, that's a, that's a great recognition of thinking about, you know, how, how your ego ends up affecting, you know, how, the what, yeah, exactly, the piece and what yeah. you're going to try and do to the piece or something like that. I mean, I think that's a, that's a, that's a really big, um, that's a really big revelation. It really is. And it's just like really, it just, yeah, it, at the end of the day, that's what it was. It was like a little girl trying to prove to her dad that she could do a 70-foot-tall unisink that right. could burn and uh, and prove to the world that that she could do it. And it's and I think the universe kind of picked up on that. <laughs> the, the, the playa doesn't always like, give you what you want. The playa doesn't give you what you want, but the playa gives you what you need. Literally. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I didn't even realize that till now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's I mean, this that's why I think this is exciting just to go through, you know, this process is that like building the piece is this culmination of so so many things that the piece itself, you know, it it's all in there. Like when someone does go to the piece and experience it, this whole journey is in the piece. They don't necessarily know what it is they're feeling but all of this energy ends up in in the final piece when it's on the playa this whole journey ends up in there and it's it's you know it's it's hard to 
it's hard to document it. That's actually you know why I'm excited to have this conversation with you is to actually document all of the things that are in the piece that people are picking up on, but they don't necessarily know you know exactly what it is. So you're at the um, let's let's talk about the um, the honorarium application because that's the that's the star of the show right now. Um, what what happens with the honorarium application? It's a much more challenging document than the letter of intent. Yeah, it really it really is. Um, and there were moments where I really was like, I this is this is really hard. Um, I'm not very good at math, and um, I have no idea what a timeline includes, and I don't know the answers to these questions. And I'm so grateful to have Shiny as my project manager, who, no matter what, will be optimistic, which is also like a crazy quality. I need to just like say, and um, and she has so much experience with A, B, C, D, how to get how to get lumber to point A to point B, how much it's going to cost. And all the details of of how we're going to bring this 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 piece on, and how many people do we need to build it? How many days do we need before playa? And how many days we need on playa? Um, what to expect? And it was it was really really I'm really grateful that she was part of that process because yes, I have brought a camp multiple times, but bringing a camp is very different. I'm learning now. Very different than bringing an art piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize that we're going to be in deep playa and we're going to have to have a small camp that's just for the artists next to the piece while we're building it. Once the gate's open and if we're not done, we're going to have to get away from it and travel to the piece to be able to finish it. All these things, I have no no idea. Yeah, they all make sense when you hear them. Like, as, as you're hearing all those things, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, right. Obviously, that's how we would have to do this. And But you could never imagine it without somebody actually laying it out Mm -hmm. and she would ask me questions like okay so where are we building this and i was like oh in reno okay where in reno oh at the generator how much does it cost all of these like obvious questions that need answering and need numbers to those answers after that we add up all those numbers and then we add up how much food it's going to cost for everyone and everyone's working for free so we want to make sure that everyone feels taken care of as well um and how are we going to go about creating our team and what's going to be some some art pieces ask uh volunteers to um give like 250 dollars so that they can have coverage for food and stuff and shiny was saying that's I don't, I don't recommend that. I think we should take care of that and we should ask funding for that and things like that. Things that I didn't even think about, like all these options and different ways to go about finding and creating your build team. Right. Um, and the, just these conversations make me realize, wow, a, a piece that was 70 foot tall would have to have at least 100 people and that's insane. Like, yeah. That's right. That's right. I don't even even know how to begin to manage that. Right now I'm managing a team of 15 people and that's already a lot. That's yeah. already super new. Yeah. And and I I'm very grateful to be guided, but it makes me realize that yeah, no, 100 people is is a whole different scenario and a whole different commitment. Mhm. Mhm. Um so the application was figuring that out, then figuring the timeline. Um when we're going to start building the thing, fundraising for the thing. Um, in the beginning, I was kind of just filling it out. And she was like, no, like if you get an honorary, like Burning Man will take you, like will hold you accountable for the dates that you put inside. So you need to make sure that these dates make sense and, and that realistic. you can meet them. Yeah. That they're realistic because when they're reading it, they want you to, they want to feel that we have this under control, that it's not just stuff we're putting there to make them feel better. It's, it's realistic and um, they have seen applications for years. So yeah. they're going to know when something feels right and when it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And and that forced me to really sit down and crunch the numbers with her. And that also felt really empowering because I actually now know how things are going to go down. And it's not it's not just this dream. It's, it's a realistic step-by-step program. <laughs> like, right, totally. But, totally. But making and, it real. Um, 
making taking it from yeah this uh this ephemeral idea and then confronting it with realities and realities are a calendar that's a reality a budget you know that's a reality eating you know feeding your team uh giving your team a place where they can set up their tent you know those are all hard realities that um that uh, you know that's what it takes to build a unisphinx you know you have to have all of that other stuff and it's like each you know you need wood and you need screws and you need you know you need a saw and you need these other things but you also need all that other stuff and every single one of those is a is a critical component so it's it's awesome to be able to use the application and i think that's that's really kind of the point of them putting the application together like that is to is to present you with what the what the hard realities are so that you can actually figure them out before you get slapped in the face with them, you know, like you have at least a little yeah, bit of preparation. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, there are going to be surprises, but this already eliminated a lot of them. Yeah. And, and gives me, gives me like an idea of what to expect. Yep. Um, and it, it just feels a lot more real now as well. Now that I've submitted the application, it's, it's out there and we're going to, you know, put up some good energy and hope that hope that they they uh, they see that this is something real that we really want this to happen. Yeah. Um, there was a moment in the application where we had a back and forth with Shiny for several days mm. about should we. There's a there's a section in the application where you can kind of add whatever you want. Like, oh, did you want to include anything else? And. I had written something about how originally we wanted it to be huge, as you know, and as you probably noticed, it's a lot smaller now. <laughs> and I wanted to explain as to why this had changed and right. kind of, yeah, right. explaining that process. Right. Um, in the end, I didn't include it. Oh, okay. I, I felt that the application spoke for itself. Right. Let them draw their own conclusions. Like, yep. Yeah. And hopefully that they'll see that this thorough and detailed budget and and, uh, and and outline and, and everything else um, will make them feel that okay she knows what she's talking about and she's surrounded with people that know what they're doing and that hopefully this will speak for itself um, but it was it was a big back and forth of we weren't sure if we should include it or not and um, and we decided against well I think that there's an important okay. there's an important part of the um that you know this is a process right and that um you're evolving and the project's evolving as it goes through the process. And, you know, you know, you're, you're uh, coming to realization about um, where ego fits in is part of that evolution and being able to let go of, um, you know, some of your original concepts and, and evolve and grow as you're confronted with realities. I think that's, that's an important part of the story. You know, that's, that's as important as, you know, filling out a calendar is showing that you have the ability that you're, you're not like, no, it's gotta be 70 feet high. Well, you know, you, you, you're confronted with reality and you take it in and you make changes and you evolve and you push forward. And I think that's, you know, that's part of that, that is the story, you know, that that's how things get done is by reacting to you know the the realities and the issues and and reacting in a constructive way and you know keep pushing forward so i think that and that shows in the in the application you know the changes that you've made are you know they showcase that you're capable of evolving and you're capable of you know taking this new information and making a new piece based on the new information i think uh I think you've gone in good directions with it. I hope so. <laughs> um... We'll see. So, th- so then that's what this whole episode is about is um, we don't, we don't know. So here we are. It's uh, January 30th. Um, they don't get back to people for a while. I think it's mm-hmm. middle of March. Is that one? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so now you've got uh, some time to like, not think about it and just kind of yeah. try and back burner it for a little while. And, um, 
yeah, and so then we'll talk again in March and uh, see what they said. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, time will tell. Cool. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, I think this was really, uh, I think this was really great. I think this was um, really insightful into the process, and I think it's uh, um, an exciting process that people would want to know about. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate you sharing your journey in it, and uh, I look forward to seeing what the next step is with the Unisphinx. Oh, hey, what's your, um, what's your Instagram? Um, my Instagram is at Lana like a boy. L a n a, L i k e, a b o y. Right. Great. Um, so people can, uh, you know, follow your journey and your um, your art there. And uh, yeah. And thanks again. And thanks everybody for listening today. And there you have it. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Bill Zunkin for his cover of Burning For You by Blue Oyster Cult. You can find him on Instagram at B-I-L-L underscore Z-S-U-N-K-A-N. For more information on this episode and the podcast in general, including links to websites and Instagrams of our guests and your host, you can head over to buildtoburn.com. Build to Burn is a part of the Burner Podcast Network. Be sure to check out Burner Podcast for a wider view of Burning Man and dig down into other Burner Podcast Network shows for facets of the community. Thanks to Arash for all the work he does. Thanks to Raz for his expertise. And as always, thank you for having the fire that brings light into this world. <laughs>